Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the fourth line voice podcast my name is darren thank you very much for tuning in episode 300 of the big show some enforcer based podcasting coming at you brought to you by the hockey podcast network how about that folks 300 it's a milestone episode oh and there's my neighbor gunning his motorcycle that's perfect timing um it's been weird i've actually done this intro like three times now um yeah well, I'll do my regular shtick here, and then I'll, we'll get into a few things uh, before I have I have Jay on today. Um, he's he's you've anybody that's listened to the show before, you've heard his voice. He's been on numerous times, but I wanted to do much like I did with Alec and the East Coast League kind of roundup. I wanted to do a Southern Pro League roundup because I really think those leagues um, really don't get um, a lot of coverage. And, uh, and there were some tough dudes in all, in those leagues and I want to give them, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a spotlight and, uh, and make you guys aware of what's going on down, down South. And, um, and I, and I, Hey, and if, uh, I could jaded old bastard like me can, uh, tune in, I'm sure you guys can, uh, because anybody that listens to this show for any regular time knows I don't watch hockey anymore, but, uh, I do want to stay up with. The tough guys in the different leagues, and uh, Alec was great with the East Coast League stuff, and Jay was really informative here with the Southern Pro League, and he threw out some names and who to watch for, and what fights happened, and uh, what what to go check out. Um, again, Jay's got a YouTube channel, D Skunk. He's been doing it for years. I mean, he has videos going back to the old UHL days, the American League days in Quad Cities. Um, so definitely subscribe to his channel. He has some great stuff on there, including the Southern Pro League for the last couple of years. Um, and same thing, Five for Fighting podcast with Alec. Um, tremendous back catalog by Lois Segroy Rushton. He does a great job with the interviews. He also covers the East Coast League. Um, he's he's far more uh, up to date than I am in terms of uh, uh, newer stuff. But he also has a YouTube channel as well, Five for Fighting. Definitely go down that rabbit hole in those videos. Um and yeah, and I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to do kind of a season end on, on each league, just to kind of like a time capsule piece, so to speak. And uh, yeah, I thought Jay would be the perfect, obviously the perfect guest for the Southern Pro League. And uh, and he happened to fall on the 300th episode, lucky him. <laughs> but um, yeah, and uh, well, and I I shouldn't, I'd be remiss if I left uh, Joe, Joe Lazito out. Um, of course, he has the Nordique's Knuckles podcast, as well as the Coliseum Chronicles podcast, which is a New York Islander podcast. Um, he does actually two shows, and he and he tries to uh, you know get guys that have played in the in the with the Islanders or in the system. Same with Quebec, and um, he actually recently interviewed Ross Olson. It's it's his newest episode that's out. He met him down in Orlando, of course, and uh, yeah, so definitely check that out. And Joe's got a tremendous back catalog and. Uh, 
been around forever and uh i'm dating you joe uh, it's like i'm right behind him in terms of age us two old farts but uh i'm gonna have joe on here shortly here and uh in the next little while and uh we're gonna we're gonna talk some uh maybe late 80s early 90s nhl and uh you know we'll throw some names around so definitely check that out but uh yeah so joe lazito at the uh check his stuff out but um yeah i don't want to like i said i don't want to talk too long because jay and i go for a while but uh yeah, like I said, I, I, you know, obviously with at the 300th episode, I have to, you know, address it, of course. Um, yeah, I, and it was funny because I, leading up to, you know, to episode 297, 298, I, for, I don't know why, I just didn't think of, oh, yeah, 300. Yeah, so it's kind of, but yeah, and I mean, I remember reading one time, I want to say um, it was like, when people start, I think the average podcast gets to, I want to say 11 episodes. I think it was, it was something like, it was very low. It was either seven or 11, seven, 11, eh, seven or 11 episodes before they, they die. And, uh, so to get to 300 is pretty nuts actually. Um, you know, and, and, uh, first things first, um, like I said, I'm not going to go on to the Oscar speech and be up here for an hour until the music starts playing. But, uh, I have, obviously I have to thank Isha to start it all off. He was, uh, he's no longer with the hockey podcast network, but at the time, um, he got a hold of me out of the blue. I had actually had my own show or my own website, fourthlandvoice.com, And I had about 40 some episodes on it. And it got hacked and the website crashed. And, uh, at that point, I was just like, oh, screw, cause there was a lot, a lot of time and effort went into that. And, and I was just like, oh, forget it. And I, I, it was a couple months that I sat there not doing a show. And then Isha out of the blue got a hold of me. And, um, and I, I was really skeptical at first. Um, cause I had kind of been burned by the old hockey fight dorks there with their sponsorship, air quote sponsorship. And so I was really jaded about that. And, uh, so I don't know if my, actually my first interaction with Isha on the phone, I was, I was kind of, kind of a dick to him, to be honest, I think. And, uh, or standoffish at least. And, uh, but everything he promised, they came through. Um, and it was, it's been really fun to grow with the network and see how those guys have really grew it. And, um, yeah. And of course Isha's moved on now, but, and Dylan's picked up the torch and he's been great with me. And, uh, and I can't thank those guys enough for, uh, for a lot, for bringing me on the, on the network, especially for my show, my type of show. Cause like I said, the network guys were all about like, you know, NHL podcasts and that type of thing and air quote, you know, whatever the trendy, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, sort of really go out on a limb and, and bring my show on as, as a real niche product, to be honest. And, uh, you know, when it's just strictly fighting, um, but Isha really enjoyed it and he recommended it and, uh, and, and it's been, and it's been a great relationship with those guys. And they've all, like I said, they've always treated me fair. Everything I've asked for. I, I always like to think I'm pretty low maintenance. I don't cause too much trouble or ask for too much, but I'm sure there's been a couple of times that they've rolled their eyes or whatever, but, uh, um, they've been great at every, like I said, everything I've asked for, they've given me and, um, yeah, so first and foremost, I want to thank those guys for for allowing me on the network and giving me the platform. And uh, no, it's it, it's been a great relationship working with those guys. Um, as far as the listeners go, I mean, I'm not going to sit. I mean, I could sit here all night and throw out names, and I'd feel bad if I left anyone out. So I won't start parroting names. But um, 
Really, guys, I, I mean, you guys know I keep in contact with you. We talk all the time. Um, I, I appreciate all the feedback from the episodes and, uh, you know, the, you know, get emails or direct messages from, from the listeners and, you know, and some, hey, and sometimes the, the comments have been, um, well, I got a, I've, I've gotten a few hate emails. We'll put it that way. But, uh, for the most part, 98% of it's been positive and, uh, you know, and yeah, it's constructive criticism, which is always valid and it's just always, um, welcomed because that's how you get better. And, uh, like I always say, if you guys want to tell me something good, bad, or otherwise, I'm not hard to get a hold of. Hockeyfights at hotmail.com or if you're on social media, Fourth Line Voice on Facebook and Twitter, send me a direct message. My, as the kids say, my DMs are open. So, um, I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, if you have an idea for the show or if I'm doing something that's annoying, if you tell me, cause if no one tells me, I don't know. And, uh, so, um, yeah, but any, for all you guys that listen, and I mean, and, and for this old fart, I mean, I don't, like I, I've mentioned it a million times, but to, um, to sit here and think in my basement here in Saskatoon and talking in, on a podcast in some cheap little Staples microphone that somebody in like, you know, uh, the UK or, uh, you know, um, Sweden or Finland, um, is listening is mind blowing to me. Uh, and that, that I'll never get over. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and for all you guys, for everybody that's a bit, that out there listening, for the long-term listeners, thank you for sticking with me. I know, um, yeah, it's just been, it's just been, yeah, it's just really humbling. And, um, and like I said, you know, to, to, to go on a chartables list and, and like I said, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hockey podcasts out there and, um, just to be recognized and have people listen and go to a charitable thing and you see that you're like, you know, 40th in Canada, you know? Yeah. I mean, how much validity there is to those charts? Who knows? I mean, I'm sure it's numbers that can be manipulated, but nonetheless, it, it does mean that some people are listening to you and, and there's hundreds of podcasts that'll never see those charts. And won't have the listenership that I have. I'm not, it's not it's not a brag. I'm just saying that it's, you know, to be even associated and be on a list with a spit and chiglets and, and, uh, and, and that type of thing is, is it's, it's pretty unreal. And, um, you know, and I'll never forget, I think it was the, my Zach Fitzgerald interview. Um, for one day I was, I had the number one show in the United Kingdom. The number, and that's amazing to me. And, um, uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's really something. And like I said, to think, uh, it all started with a Staples microphone and, uh, and me getting mad that no one was talking about hockey fights and enforcers. And here we are 300 episodes later. So, um, you know, and the show's gone through a few things. I mean, um, I, I certainly, I'll be the first to admit, I don't do as many player interviews as I used to. Um, and like I said, I've all, and I've told you guys up front what's going on and what happens behind the scenes. I've never lied to you guys. Um, yeah, it's been really frustrating, uh, getting guests and, um, you know, after you do it for 300 episodes, um, yeah, I just do not have the patience for it anymore. And I'm, like I said, I'm a grown man. I'm not chasing people around. If you want to come on the show, you'll come on the show and you'll make an effort to come on the show when you're asked. If I ask you, you say yes. And you, and you say, I ask you what time and, and you, oh, Wednesday at seven o'clock. Well, as an adult and, and for the respect factor, I expect you to be there at seven o'clock on a Wednesday. That's what you told me. And if you don't make it and then decide not to reply or what have you, that's it. 
I'm not going to ask you again. I'm not begging anybody. I'm not chasing anybody. And, uh, and it seems to be a real, it, that seem like I said, I've, I have about five or six irons in the fire and three guys who are all supposedly excited to come on. have now just ghost and they don't reply to texts anymore. And so it's, I don't know what happened, but here we are. And so, like I said, so that part of it has been really frustrating and it's, and it seemed to have gotten worse. I don't know. When I first started this show, it didn't seem that hard to get guests. I don't know. Maybe I was more, maybe I pushed harder too. I don't know back then. Maybe I, you know, I was still, I, the, the, uh, I hadn't been beaten down yet, so to speak, but no, I, it, it seemed easier then. I don't know. Maybe not, but, but yeah, it's just been really frustrating here in the last, probably, probably in about the last year. It's been real, yeah, you know, so, and like I said, with summer coming up here and of course the kids getting out of school and, you know, people on a vacation, go to the lake. I don't, I can't see it getting easier getting guys. So I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, I'm not, am I, I've been asked a million times that you, you don't do player interviews anymore. Ah, it's not that I don't do them, but I'm not going to go chase them. Um, if one falls in my lap, I will certainly do, uh, do it. Um, if they're gung ho for it. Um, but other than that. I kind of just enjoy uh, doing my solo episodes and doing lists and player spotlights and and having and liter and legitimately having just fellow fight fans on and and talking about their fandom and where they grew up and who they like and whatever you know uh, stories we can talk about. Um, those episodes to me are far more enjoyable. Uh, they really are. And uh, and in terms of whatever listens and that type of thing and downloads really hasn't affected my numbers all that much. Now, obviously I, if I have a bigger name, I'm a Rasty or a McIntyre or what have you. Well, yeah, that obviously, like I said, with the Zach Fitzgerald stuff, Colt King, guys like that. Well, obviously those are going to drive up numbers for sure. Compared to me sitting here talking about the top 10 Hartford Whalers. Well, yeah, but overall in general, um, I don't. I, I think from a, from just a, a mental place of doing the show, uh, it's just it's a lot easier uh, to not deal with that sort of thing. So, um, like I said, we'll see going forward. I'm not making any plans. Um, never say never. Uh, like I said, uh, I have a few guys that I still want to interview. Um, I've talked to them about coming on the show. I haven't really extended. In terms of we have never set up a date. Like I have guys that I've talked to. They said they'd come on. But we've never talked about doing it at a, a date or whatever. And so it's not like, oh, well, they've ghosted me. Well, no, they didn't. Um, so I have to get back with them and we'll figure something out. So I do have, I I will confidently say that, yes, I do have some player interviews um, coming at some point. So, no, I've not completely abandoned that type, that type of thing for the show. But, um yeah, any, but at any rate, uh, you know, that's whatever. But uh, no, at the end of the day, I want to thank all you guys for listening. Um, I do every episode, and I, and I mean it when I say it, that, like I said, there are hundreds of shows to listen to. The fact that you chose to listen to mine um, is very humbling. And uh, yeah, like I said, this is a listener-driven show. It's your show. I'll, ask, I'll go on the fight groups, ask about a topic or listen for your answers or have fight fans on and, and that type of thing. I have some ideas that I want to do with more season ticket episodes. I want to do a couple round table shows, um, more voting shows. Um, I want to do more, uh, having more tournaments, um, you know, all that type of stuff. So, um, I do always have some ideas. It always comes down to time. 
Um, as I would say, not only work picks up here in the summer, but you know, I do have a wife that I need to talk to and hang out with. Um, and also family stuff that I like to do and, you know, and that type of thing. So, um, it's not just 24 seven in front of a computer. So, uh, bear with me, but, uh, I do have some stuff that I want to, I'm going to be breaking out here in the summer, I think. So, and, um, yeah, and I, you mean, like I said, I don't have any, I put it this way. I don't have any plans on quitting anytime soon. Um, you know, so. You might be stuck with, I don't want to say there'll be 300 more episodes. Eh, I don't know about that one, but, um, we'll see as long as, as long as, as long as it's still fun and, and it fits into my schedule and my life. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll keep doing it. I love sitting down here and yelling out the window and, uh, yeah. And right now it fits into my, to my schedule. So, um, cause I've been asked that too, going forward in terms of how long am I going to do the show for it? I don't know. I don't have a. I don't have a set number. Oh, once I get to this number, that's enough. No, it's just, no, it'll be enough when it just becomes too much or it's not fun anymore. And and that's when it's, that's it. Uh, so I'll have no problem walking away at that point. But, uh, you know, as of right now, I don't, there's nothing like that on the horizon. So here we go. We'll keep rolling. But, um, have I repeated myself a bunch of times? I, I Like I said, I've done this intro a bunch of times. I didn't like the way it was going. But then I forget, did I say that in this one or did I say that in my last one? So I apologize if I've repeated myself. But um, <clears throat> um, the the only thing, the last thing I will say, and I and um, and then we'll get on with my discussion with Jay and the Southern Pro League. Um, yeah, guys, the only thing I ever, I've always asked from the listeners um and it's not just, oh, he says that every episode, just one in the ear, one out, in one ear and out the other. Um, I'm not just saying it for myself. I'm saying it for Jay. I'm saying it for Alec, for Joe, for any creator that you, that you enjoy, whether it be on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Um, there are reasons there are like and share buttons and subscribe buttons. That is how you get into, that's how we get into the algorithm of things. And, um, and that, and that's how you can show as a listener or a fan or what have you, your appreciation or your thanks to the creator. Like I said, when you go on YouTube, like the video that you just watched, subscribe to that person's channel. Again, I'm not saying just mine, anybody's. If you enjoy their content, like and subscribe. YouTube loves that. That's what helps the creator out. When you're watching a video, you know, on the right-hand side where it says related videos, that's how the creator gets into those related videos is by your liking and subscribing to their channel. It's the same thing when you listen to the podcast, whether it be on iTunes or Spotify. I always say if you could rate and review not only my show, but whatever show you're listening to. If it's, I mean, Joe Rogan doesn't need your five-star rating, believe me. I'm, you know, you know, but like for a smaller creator like myself or for Alec or for Joe, it's a huge deal for us if you can hit the star rating and maybe write a little, even if you just put a hey, great show or I like this show or whatever. Actually, I don't think you have to leave a comment. Just do the star thing. Um, that's the biggest thing for us because again, that helps with the in the algorithms. If somebody listens to a show at the bottom, it says, if you like that show, you might like this show. Well, that's how we get into that list is by the number of reviews and the likes on your show and, uh, and download, don't stream, um, download that also helps with the number. Well, that helps track the numbers that helps. That's better for the analytics. Um, plus it's how I get paid to be completely honest. Again, I've said, I've never lied to you guys. Um, uh, but no, that, I, that's, that's the one thing you can do to help out a creator 
And and I go and and, and word of mouth, the old fashioned word of mouth. If you have a, a, a buddy, we all have, especially us older guys, we all have buddies that aren't on social media. They hate Twitter, they hate Facebook, they don't even know what the TikToks are or whatever. That's what my daughter watches or whatever. They have no clue. So they're certainly don't know about my podcast or Joe's show or whatever, but they would probably enjoy it because they were old, they're old school fight fans. Tell them about it. Hey, you gotta hear, you gotta listen to the Sportsline Voice idiot on on iTunes. And if you have to go over there and show them on the bloody phone how to use iTunes, if you could do that, like I said, you you are my greatest billboard listeners. Spread the word. If it's on social media. Hey, you guys might like this guy's show. Again, not just my show, Alex, whoever's show. Share it, retweet it. Again, that helps the creators out. It's not hard on your guys. You're holding the phone in your hand. Just hit retweet or share or leave a comment. It all helps. And um, in my Sunday episode, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue this content conversation because there's been a lot of bullshit out there. And I see a lot of, and it, and it pisses me off because they have a huge platform and, and they're just con, they're just ripoff artists. They just steal other people's content and, and it's, and I read the comments and people don't care. Well, the people that don't care have never created anything. As a creator, believe me, it is very frustrating when your idea gets stolen by a, by a bigger, by a bigger show on a bigger platform and then they act like it was their idea and they don't credit you. Believe me, it's a huge pain in the ass, and I'll get into all that on Sunday. But yeah, and it's and it's a huge problem across social media. And there's nothing you can really do about it. that's the way social media is. But on a grassroots level, that's how you, the listeners, can help my show, Alex Show, Joe's, whoever. Again, whatever small podcast that you listen to or YouTube channel that you watch, that's how you can help by subscribing, by liking, by sharing, by retweeting. That's the littlest thing, but that's how you can help. And if you guys could do that, I, and I know Joe and Alec will say the same thing, would greatly appreciate that. But, and I, and a lot, and I know a lot of you guys do, and I thank you. And, uh, you know, and I, and it's, it's appreciated. It really is. But I bet you, you know what you'd, what you'd appreciate right now. If I shut the hell up and get into this show, um, hey folks, I, I circle the drain. I got to beat the horse till I got to kill a horse twice. Right. Um, but no, again, uh, 300 episodes is, um, I, I didn't think I'd come this far, that's for sure. But uh, again, um, yeah, I mean, I could sit here all night thanking you guys, and, uh, and, I, and I mean it. And um, for a niche show, and, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a weird topic, you know, uh, to have the, the listenership that I do, and um, the fo- following is such a I hate the word followers on Twitter and stuff but you know 8,000 on there and a couple thousand on fate whatever it's uh it's it's great it's humbling and um the feedback I love it hearing from you guys again hockey fights at hotmail.com or on social media fourth line voice on Twitter Facebook DMs are open I think I might have said that already um but yeah I'd love to hear from you guys uh, please drop a line anytime and like I always say if you guys if you have a story or or you want to share something and you want to come on the show? Hell yeah. Drop me a line. I'll get you on here. It's not hard. I'm not hard to get a hold of. And I'm, uh, I'll am i have you on if you have something to share. 
because uh, I because I think that's the cool thing is is the sharing and if it's a story that you know people haven't heard or I grew up in this place or that place and I saw this this and this and this guy and um, and you fill in the gaps of like hockey fight history so to speak that's cool as shit man and I'd love to have you on to do that whoever it is if you if you want to come on you let me know we'll make it happen so um, but yeah let's get out of here but again episode three hundred unbelievable. Thank you guys very much, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. Like I said, if you're not a regular viewer of the Southern Pro League, well, I'm not saying I'll get the season ticket package and the whole deal, but definitely check out Jay's channel. Um, you know, and uh, you know, you might find it find find a might make a somebody might be. What am I trying to say? Holy, spit it out! You might become a fan of someone. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, so. But check it out. And again, Jay's a great guest. And uh, if you don't know anything about the Southern Pro League, stay tuned in. Learn something. So it's always nice to learn about new stuff. Why not, right? Jay, Jay's a, Jay was a hell of a guide. So let's... Uh, and for and if anybody is a Southern Pro fan and you're tuning in for the first time because you wanted to hear, oh, what does this guy say about Southern Pro League? Um, welcome. Thank you. And um, I really hope um, you stick around on the... and. And check out either the back catalog um, with Brad Wingfeld, Morasti, McIntyre, all those guests, um, or going forward with the show. I really, I really hope you stick around. So, um, but uh, let's get into it, folks. Here's my talk with Jay and our review and our review of the Southern Pro season from this year. Thanks, guys, and uh, we'll talk Sunday. All right. Well, here we are in the fourth line voice. We have a special guest for a special episode. Folks, that's right. Episode 300. And I'm bringing in the heavy hitters. Jay, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. This is a big deal. You're the anniversary Thanks, guest. Thanks back, buddy. Yeah, the, the, the big 300 episode. Uh, I know we've been trying to lock it down here for the past couple days. I appreciate you working with me on my, uh, my oh-so-busy schedule, but... Uh, it's a pretty big deal, 300 episodes, you know, it's, I appreciate you having me on for it. No, I, well, I appreciate you coming on, yeah, I mean, well, of course, you know, Alec, Alec Big League does, can't afford him to come on, you know, Lizito won't even return calls, you know, for anything less than the 400th episode, so, you know. Well, I don't, he, I, he, he is a big deal, he's got two podcasts now, so us little people kind of get shoveled under the rug. Exactly, Yep. Yeah, I'm surprised he even returns my text now and again. But And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Yeah, guys. I mean, Edmonton, odds on favorite right now at the DraftKings Sportsbook, plus 425 to win the cup. They have a lot of player props. Who's going to lead this, each series in scoring? Austin Matthews, McDavid. Check it out. All the player props are there for the series as well as games. In-game action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Well, what are we going to talk about today? How about some Southern Pro League? I love it, buddy. Let's do it. Well, for those uh, for those unfamiliar, uh, Jay is uh, 
is in the Quad City area, so you check out a lot of storm action. Um, well, well, before, of course, I had Alec on a couple uh, episodes ago, and we did kind of an East Coast Hockey League roundup, and uh, just basically talked about the different fighters, kind of, you know, who the top five were, and uh, the year that was fight-wise in the East Coast League. Uh, so I kind of figured I'll do the same with the Southern Pro League, and who better to get on than yourself? And because uh, you also, much like Alec, have a channel, uh, as far as I know, the only channel, a Southern Pro League, basically, well, I mean, you've had the channel for a while, it goes back to the old IHL days, you know, all that stuff, but now you upload Southern Pro League fights. How many videos you got on that channel by now? Um, there's somewhere in the neighborhood between, we're right around four or 500. Um, a lot of them, I mean, that's going back to... Even the old UHL days, yes. Um, rip them from the old, the old B two broadcasts when you could see like a, a light colored dot fighting a dark colored dot. Yeah, and okay. nowadays you know all, all high def, and yeah. Now I feel old. Well, the old B two stuff, yeah, it's like watching Minecraft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like three pixels fighting four pixels. Exactly. But uh... and you got uh, Terry Ficarelli from Muskegon yelling about. Uh, McIntyre putting the beats down on somebody from Flint. Yeah. Oh, I remember, yeah, you'd get some of those old minor league DVDs, and you just, oh, there's a one, you just lose your mind. It's like, who is this cameraman, and why is he not zooming in? It's like, what do we do? Meanwhile, but they got the radio feed through there. And I'm trying to think, it was Engelstad versus, I think it was Mike McWilliam. And it's in the corner, and oh, oh, and they're killing each other. This guy's just losing his mind, the announcer. And you can't, this guy's zoomed so, this guy couldn't zoom out any further. He'd be outside the parking lot if he zoomed out any further. It's like, <laughs> dude, what are you doing? At that point, you're just mad. I'd rather just it's, not have it than have that happen, you know. You know, somebody, somebody's cousin, Al, who will come and do it for, a, you know, two cheap beers and uh, a couple hot dogs. Yeah. Never operate a camera in his life. Is used to, you know, used to looking through stuff with binoculars. Doesn't know how a camera works. Horrendous, horrendous. Yeah, but yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So your channel. Well, what's uh, what channel? What is the name of your channel on YouTube for those listening that can? Uh, that'd check- be uh, that'd be that'd be YouTube dot com backslash d skunk. Well, actually, when we pull up, I have a uh, six hundred twenty videos up there now. Wow, I am uh, I am all over the YouTubes. You are. I, I dig your channel, and I've uh, I've I've definitely gone down the rabbit hole of watching some stuff. I know you got some Little John stuff on there, and uh, was it Little John that I was watching on your channel, or who was it? Or yeah, was there, it? There, there's a lot of Little John stuff, and I was, I was fortunate enough to be pretty good buddies with the uh, the team president when Quad City was in the AHL. Yep. So he gave me their like the team login for whatever the equivalent of AHL TV is now. Yeah. So I was able to grab a lot of old AHL stuff. You know, I got McIntyre and Tremblay. Um, but there's a lot of good AHL stuff on there too. Yep. Yeah. So D skunk folks, check it out. Subscribe to his channel. It, uh, but well, yeah. So just actually to start off before we even get into, um, I'm going to hit you with this. I didn't think I even brought this up that I was going to ask you this. Um, like I said, you've, uh, as far as the, been going to Quad City games, what what uh, year 
are we looking at when you became a minor league hockey fan? We'll start there. Oh, it's, it's back in '95. I'm okay. going to date myself a little bit. Let's, well, so you're going, a lot. So you're going back to the UHL days. Going back to the old Colonial League days. Yeah, with the Quad City uh, Mallards. Yeah, Mallards, and then there was uh, oh man, that was that was a fun league. Thunder Bay was in the league at the time. Yep. Brantford was in the league at the time. Yeah. Well, then you go back. So you went to the UH. It went to the what? The UHL. Yeah, we went Colonial to the, then Colonial the UHL, League. and then yeah, went, Colonial to the UHL. Yep. And then they brought in the, uh, the AHL for two years. Yep. And then it was the Alphabet League. There was the uh, the new IHL. Yep. For one year. Then for one year, then the Central League for a year or two, and then. The, the ECHL for a few years, and then actually the owners of Boston Pizza in Canada were the owners of the ECHL Mallards. They kind of shipped out in the middle of the night, and so there was no hockey here, and a local guy named John Dawson and his partner brought the Southern League in here, and it's, they've done a hell of a job. Yeah, and they've been there since 2018. Um, so like you said, so you've lived through all of these different leagues in Quad City. Um, well, I, I can't, what is the difference in all of them? That's not a fair question, but it's just like, explain, like it's in terms of like the Southern Pro League, like I know, I know we always joke, you're the minor league guy and all that stuff. And in terms of the Southern Pro League, how has that been entertainment wise for you compared to the other leagues that were around? So, you know, I've been, you know, I was a season takeover for a lot of years. Um, when the ECHL came in, I actually dropped my season tickets because it, maybe it's the, you know, the division that Quad City was in at the time, or it's hard to say it, it wasn't the, the Quad City team at the time because there was always at least one tough guy here. But it just wasn't, it wasn't as entertaining to me. You know, it was, it was a lot more like a watered down NHL product. You know, there was anytime there was you know a stick touch, somebody was called. Um, and then when they folded, the Southern League came in. I had no idea what what it was going to be about. So I had talked to a couple guys who were with the team, and they said, "Do you want season tickets?" And I said, "I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see it first. They said, "No problem." And right from the get go, it's just to me for for my money, it's as close to the old school low minors as you're going to get. You have guys who you know, they're playing five, six, seven years in the same city. The rules are a lot more relaxed. Hell, the Southern League doesn't even have a misconduct for instigator anymore. It, yeah. It's a two and a five. Yeah. So it, to me, it's the most entertaining hockey. Yeah, it's, it's not, quote-unquote, it's not as fast. It's not as, quote-unquote, as skilled as, say, the ECHL. But it's much more physical, and you get two, three, four years. You know those same guys are coming in to your local barn, and it's that old school animosity you get with you're seeing the same guy for the third, you know, the third year in a row, and he's the one who's always you know slashing the guy behind the ankles on the line change. Yeah, well, so you get the whole crowd chanting, you know, turtle for one guy, and it's it's as close as you're going to get to the to the UHL, it's it's not the UHL by any stretch, 
but it's as close as you're going to get for my money nowadays. Well, and there's no fight limit in the SP, is there? No, there is not. There's no fight limit, and as I mentioned, there's no having a misconduct for instigator. Shit, see, they got the right idea. Uh, well, What's funny is, it, it might be jumping the gun a little bit, but there was, uh, I think his name was Sean Golka. Give me one second here, let me change my tab. Um, yep, Sean Golka of the Pensacola Ice Flyers. He actually, so he headbutted a guy from Quad City. Like a legitimate just headbutt. He was not given a penalty for it during the game. If you're in the, you know, the AHL, the ECHL, the NHL, you're getting probably 10 games for a headbutt. Oh, yeah. They gave him one game. So, And I'm sure some people got pissed off about that, but I, I love that kind of stuff. You know, the gritty, dirty stuff, give him one game for a headbutt, let him sell it on the ice. Yeah, so for those like that are unfamiliar with the Southern Pro League, it's, um, what is it? Well, this year it was 11, well, it started off as 11 teams. Uh, it quickly became 10 um, because, of course, we had, uh, was it Vermilion, right? Yeah, the Vermilion County Bobcats out of Danville, Illinois. Played, uh, how many games did they end up playing? What was it? There uh, were 30, 30 games this season. Yeah, and they were 4 and 24. Yeah, before between the uh, fifty six games last year, the thirty games this year, they won a grand total of nine games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's not going to draw a crowd. Did you ever? Did you ever go down there to see a game? I did. As a matter of fact, and I've been to Danville before, and about the best thing to do in Danville is pack up and leave. It's 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 kind of a it, it's not it, it's not a bad town, but there are a lot of areas you don't want to go into. Um, so I, you know, we went down there for a game. Um, it's, it was $10, uh, general admission tickets. Yep. It was, you know, a small arena sat maybe 2,500 ish. And I want to say there was maybe 600 when we went there. It was cold as hell. Uh, I literally, so I wore my insulated work boots and my feet were still almost getting numb by the end of the game. But, I mean, they had, you know, great ice. They had brand-new boards, seamless glass. But the owner, from my understanding, didn't really put much into the product on the ice. Well, not with four wins. who were there were, were rabid. Yeah. yeah. What? What's funny is I had, a, I had a buddy who played on the team. He was a big guy. Uh, the first The first ever home game. She went into the locker room after the game and was screaming at him in the locker room in front of everybody saying, you know, why aren't you being more physical? They told me, so, you know, I thought I was laying the body pretty good, but when you have the owner of the team coming in and screaming at you in the locker room in front of everybody after the literally the very first home game, that kind of sets the tone for, well, I guess this might not be the most uh, enjoyable place to play. It's not the most professional outfit at this point. Um, exactly. Yeah, which, yeah. Um, well, well, in terms of like attendance and stuff, I mean, at the, how do you, how does Quad City do attendance wise? Uh, it, it's pretty solid. So they play in, in, uh, the mark is the arena and it'll seat probably 9,500, but they close off the majority of the upper deck with curtains. 
So I think official attendance is right around five, and they average about three thousand. That's not bad for mine. And it's 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 a, it's one of the better buildings in the in, in the league. Um, I've been going there for God almost thirty years at this point. So I, I love the building, obviously, but I mean it's it's a nice place to watch a hockey game. Um, well, I know way back when uh, you and I did a a season ticket series. Um, was it that the, was it a UHL one that we did? No, I can't remember. It was the it was the oh five oh six UHL season. Yeah, because it was with Danbury and stuff. Yeah, and I know at that time that you had been to a number of the ranks and stuff like that. Um, in, in terms of the Southern Pro. Um, have you been to a lot of these rinks? Not too many. Um, where Quad City is situated, uh, there's Peoria, which is about an hour and a half away. And I, my, my mama always taught me, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. So I, I am not the biggest fan of Peoria. Uh, it's an older building. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Their fan base is what it is. Um, Danville was about three hours away. We made that trip once. And then there is uh, Evansville, Indiana, the Evansville Thunderbolts. And they have a gorgeous arena. That's about five and a half hours away. We went there once. And it's, I mean, it's a beautiful arena. It's, I would guess it probably sat maybe 8,000-ish. And there was maybe 300 people there. But now, my understanding is a lot of the southern, like the southern arenas, are, are older buildings. Like as far as you know, I mean, obviously we don't have the numbers or anything in front of us. Like as far as, uh, like just in general, like what's the like? I know, I know you know people involved in the league and you talk to people and whatever. But like just, um, you know, with Birmingham, Huntsville, uh, Knoxville, stuff like that. Is is the, how like how strong is the league? Like I mean, obviously at Vermillion Fold this year, but I mean outside of that, like. What's your understanding? Like everybody seems like the teams are kind of on solid footing, solid ground. I think I think most of them are. I know Macon didn't really draw all that well, but I think the rest of the the rest of the league is pretty solid. I know Huntsville they do a fantastic job marketing their team. They have they regularly sell out the building. I mean, it's we've I've been to my, my wife and I have been to Huntsville before, not for hockey, but you know it's a really nice city. And they do a great job with the team down there. Yeah. But from my understanding, pretty much every team is, I mean, it's it's the low minors, so take it with a grain of salt. But I yeah. think they're fairly solid for like a low minor league team. Or, excuse me, low minor league league. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get into this league. Um, well, just sort of uh, looking at things and, and uh, I mean, how are we going to do this? Well, I'll put it to you this way. I mean... We'll start. We'll start at the. We'll start at the top and work our way down. Well, I don't mean that. That, like that, that sounds like so derogatory. But <laughs> like we'll work our way to the cellar. But if somebody said, because everybody likes the lists that we do, I do on the show and all that stuff. We won't get completely into lists. But if someone asked you who is like the kingpin of the Southern Pro League this year, what is Jay's answer when I ask you that? Before I do that, I must, uh, as you have forced me to. I'm going to take a drink of my now warm. Yeah, I heard the crack. Yeah, big deal brewing beer. As you and Alec both shame me into drinking warm, I'm going to have to take a drink before I get into this because I'm sure I'm going to piss a lot of people off with who I say. All right, here we go. 
Well, I, you keep saying this. I did not force you to drink that warm beer. You could have had it in your fridge this whole time. It's awful. So you're saying not a big deal or whatever it's called. Old Bissonette and Ryan Whitney's beer is no good, according to Jay. Oh, God. I don't know if it was intentionally brewed with dead animal, but it certainly tastes like it was. Well, that's not really... Well, I guess I'm not getting any sponsorship on this show from Big Deal Brewing after that ring. They already have their own podcast, though. They're not going to they're not gonna sponsor another podcast. Well, I could I could be the Southern Pro Podcast of their NHL <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the old Little Deal Brewing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The who? That could be my beer. Who? Yeah. That's awful. Wow. And don't you say, oh, I didn't make you drink it warm. I, I very clearly remember you and Alec browbeating me into getting a warm can before I got called off from the minor league mayhem recap episode. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just go ditch us to go talk to your mechanic or whatever. Yeah. And give him a lot of money in cash. Okay. So back to your question about the, who I would consider like the kingpin of the league. And I know he has hated league wide, except for his home team. But it, it, it's got a the conversation has to start and end with Ryan Devine. Yep. He's the type of guy where you absolutely hate him if he is on the other team for the majority of people. And if you look at like the SPHL Facebook groups, everybody just can't stand him except for the Knoxville fans. But in my opinion, he he is one of those guys who is ten or fifteen years too late because he is custom made for the old UHL. He's the type of guy who every time he is on the ice, he's looking to get something started. Um, when Knoxville played here in quad city for, it was two or three games, every shift he was out there shaking his gloves, trying to get somebody to go. And the thing about him is he's actually a decent player. He ended up with 186 PIM this year in 36 games, 16 points. It was a plus 13. So, I mean, he's he's an every-shift kind of guy. He's not one of these guys who, obviously nothing against him, he's not a guy who's getting, you know, two shifts a period. He's out there on a regular shift. Well, speaking of that, um, as far as that goes, I mean, what are, what are the rosters? Like, you really can't have a guy like that anymore, can you? Like a, a, well, a three-shift guy? Like, is it pretty short bench, isn't it, in the Southern Pro League? It, in the Southern Pro League, you can dress 16 guys. So you can have your, your three forward lines and three full D lines. Yeah. Um, and then have that 10th forward or seven defenseman. But a lot of the teams, they don't have that. Well, I mean, nobody has that nuclear deterrent anymore, right? No. But they still have that kind of energy guy out there who is willing to go out there and get something started. But I don't think, I mean, regardless of, of in what league you're talking about, there might be five guys total in hockey where you could say the other team might be scared of them. You're not going to see that 10th forward anymore or that, you know, the 13th forward anymore. No. But Ryan Devine is one of those guys where you, I I, I shouldn't speak for it because I've, I've obviously never been on the ice with him, but where players know where he is on the ice at pretty much all the time. Yep. So we got uh, Devine. He's a big dude, too. Yeah. 6'4", 225. 
And yeah, he is. He, he's a big dude. And there's, he is probably the biggest. He's not. He's not the, the biggest guy in the league by you know by any stretch, but he is like a legitimate what I would call a heavyweight in a league that doesn't have too many actual like heavyweight fighters. Because there's there's other guys who I would put up there in 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 the top five. Um, Sasha Roy, Sasha Y. I apologize, don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, he's a guy out there who he's always looking to start something too, but he's six foot, maybe 200 pounds, but he's a, he, he came out of, uh, the queue actually, which kind of shocked me, but yeah, he's, he'll go with anybody. He's always, always looking to start something. Um, he was actually teammates with Ryan Devine in Knoxville for a while. And then when Vermilion County folded, uh, Justin Portillo, who was, he was actually, I, I like to see it. He was, you know, he's a tough guy. He can skate every shift for most teams. He was actually the captain of Vermilion County. But when they folded, he played a couple games in the Federal League, and Knoxville brought him in and let and sent uh, Sasha Roy to Macon, I want to say. But that's a, but Portillo's another bigger guy who will go with just absolutely anybody. He is one of the you know kind of a ninth or tenth forward. He's not going to hurt you too much on the ice, but he, he'll he's ready ready to go at all times. He'll go with anybody. Yeah. So we got Devine, we got Roy, we got uh, Portillo. Who who else are we looking at here in the in their in your top five, so to speak? I mean, it, 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 it's hard to say. Um, there's a kid in Roanoke, his name was Spencer Kennedy, and you used this term for, I don't remember who it was. It was somebody on the Hartford Whalers list from last episode. But you said he was a puppy with big paws. Yeah. And that that's a great way to describe Spencer Kennedy. He was a rookie. He came out of Junior B, I want to say. Um, well, six six, well over 200 pounds. And you could tell that he just he, he hasn't. He reminds me of a young Mike Varhog, where you know he's just this huge dude who hasn't quite filled out yet, and he hasn't quite figured everything out yet. But in 19 games, he had 131 pimp. Yeah, I think he's got a, a pretty a pretty bright career ahead of him if he wants to keep up with that. And honestly, there, there's a guy who I would put, I would put in. I hate the you know, top five and all that. I'm not a list guy, but I would think that uh, Matthew Hobbs out of Evansville would get in there too. He's an undersized guy, but he would he would go with anybody. And just from going back on what I can remember, he had at least four or five right off the hop, one second in fights at center ice too, which you don't see a whole lot anymore. No, well, half the time they're giving out like, oh, it was staged or whatever they call it, and premeditated, and they're, oh, they're kicking yeah, dudes out for that shit. Yeah, and yeah, they're kicking they're kicking dudes out for it, but yet everybody in the crowd absolutely hates it as they're you know just getting settled in their seat and standing up and screaming for it. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, that's what we like. Well, Alec and I talked about that in the East Coast League episode. Well, I mean, I think we talk about this in every episode, but it's just like. Who's upset by the, who's, I, I have yet to meet anyone that's upset by this stuff, but yet they're like putting rules over it. I'm like, who is, who is complaining about it? I don't know. And like, that, that's, that's why I love the Southern League. 
I, I mentioned earlier, there's no there's no misconduct for instigator. There's no fight limit. The league has, I think, started to get out of its own way a little bit. Yeah. There was rules that I I hate the veteran league, or excuse me, the veteran rule. It's it's minor league hockey. People want to see the same players year in and year out. So why are you punishing your fan base by only allowing four of them? Yeah. So prior to this season, the SPHL had their, I think it was four, four veteran spots per team, but they also only allowed a maximum of X games played of those veterans combined, which makes no sense to me. No. But this year, I know they removed that. And I think going forward, from what I had heard, they're looking to either expand the veteran limit or add one or two spots that don't count against it. Yeah. That's a good idea. I don't even know why you have it to begin with. I mean, it's just like, who gives a shit, you know? Well, in, in all honesty, if you're going to a Southern Professional League game, you know you are not going to see the next Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Austin Matthews. No. There might be a, hand, a handful of guys who could play a regular shift at the ECHL level maybe one or two guys who could see AHL time. You know, this, this is not counting a guy like Alex Gallant, who was, uh, he, I mean, he was a bad dude when he was in the Southern League. Yeah. Who's an AHL regular now, or Scott Darling, who was a goalie who started in the Southern League and, you know, made it to the NHL. You're going to have your outliers. But realistically, you're not going to see somebody who's going to play 400 games in the NHL. And you know that going in. Yeah. So why are you limiting yourself to the pool of talent that you can sign to put more fans in the seats? Yeah, well, like Alec and I talk, well, like we talk about the veteran rule, right? People want some familiarity too, right? Like, and if this guy's going to be our captain, he's going to be here for four, five, six years. People want that, right? Or a couple of your guys, or you have an older goalie or something, you know, whatever. I mean, every time you buy your season tickets, you know, Jim's going to be back wearing the seat for Knoxville or whatever. Right. So it's like, yeah, why are you limiting that shit? Like, cause it's not like you're going to get a, Oh, Oh, cause some teams might load up on vets. It's like, no, they won't. Like you're not going to get enough vets to come back anyway. Like it's a very, well, well a, a perfect team to, for that argument is Huntsville. They have their core group of guys of very talented players who are there year in year out but that still doesn't guarantee that they're going to win the championship. I mean, they're, they're usually a very successful team, but they're not in the championship this year, even though they have those, you know, three or four, excuse me, really, really talented veterans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw, I saw it here in quad city with the flames. So attendance was pretty good for the last couple of years of the Mallards. It was decent. I would say, they bring in the AHL and all of a sudden a lot of the fans aren't able to go to the fast food place for a signing and see their favorite player who's been here five years. Yeah. So they're just not going to support the team. Yeah. So even though you have the second best league in the world, arguably the attendance just knows, took a nosedive. Yeah. Yeah, and then, well, and there you go, right? Because at that point, you are watching guys that are going to be in the NHL. Right, and, like, and you're, you're watching guys who, there was a 
Anders Ericsson was here for a season with the Flames, who had, what, five, six hundred NHL games, but it's not, you know, it's not Rick Emmett who was here for seven years. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I think a lot of that stuff, I think, I, yeah, I mean, people can't, I mean, I've never lived in a minor league hockey city, so I, I'm kind of, I mean, I've lived in it, obviously in a junior city, which is a completely different animal. But I mean, I think just as a fan though, and well, like you said, you, you see it over and over again. I think it, um, yeah, I think it, 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 people need, yeah, familiarity and accessibility to the players. Because I think if you get, especially in these small minor league towns like the Huntsvilles and Knoxville and that type of thing, I think the fans literally build relationships with these players. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, you're not with an American League team or an NHL team. Like, if you live in an NHL city, you don't have a, a relationship with Tom Wilson if you live in Washington, because it's just, there's not that accessibility, right? No, and, and and Austin Matthews isn't going to your kid's school and reading him a book. No. Which you get that in, in the low minors. Yes. And, you know, if if I was a kid and I had a couple hockey players coming to my school, I would have loved it. I would have been bucking my parents to go see a game. Yep. No, absolutely. And what I think, you know, a, a lot of people overlook is that, you know, everything is expensive now. Yep. I know you've mentioned it before, your buddy taking uh, taking his kids to see the Oilers. He spends six, seven hundred bucks to take them to a game. Oh, it was a paycheck night, yeah. And I know in the Southern League, or at least in Quad City, you can get season tickets for less than less than that. Yeah, and that's you know twenty eight games going in when you can you, know, you got your dollar beer nights, your dollar hot dog nights, and you're not spending fifteen dollars for a beer. Granted, it's it's not the quote unquote the level of play isn't as high. The talent's not there. But for my money, it's a hell of a lot more entertaining. Well, like we've I've, we've said on this show a million times, right? I mean, yeah. Hey, if if it's dollar beer night, you get and get a, you get a couple fights, and the home team wins. People don't give a shit. It's not that it's not the NHL. No, because that's that's their NHL. Exactly. Especially after after three or four dollar beers. Yep. Yep. Well, you get a guy like here in Quad City. Uh, Taylor Price was the captain in Quad City for the Storm for two or three years, you know, he'd been here every year that the storm were around. And, you know, that's a face people could, you know, go out there and count on seeing. He just announced his retirement, but he was a guy who would go out there and, you know, he was that, that guy who would every single shift he was in somebody's ear, he was giving him that extra shot, poking him behind the knee, giving him a slash to the ankles, which in, in a higher league, you're going to get a penalty for it every single time. Yeah, because you got two refs in, in in the SPHL. It's the aside from the finals, and uh, I'll get into it in a second. But aside from the finals, there's only one referee. <laughs> yeah, and there's a reason why the officials are in a low minor league too. Yep. So you know, there's going to be a lot of missed stuff and a lot of stuff that just flies under the radar. Yep. What's funny is a couple of years ago, uh, the Quad City and Peoria rivalry was so fierce. Halfway through the season, they had announced they were going to bring in a second official to officiate all the Quad City and Peoria games. <laughs> and you don't get that genuine, like there was genuine hatred. There still is genuine hatred, even for the players, for the other team. 
Oh, you, you play a motherfucker ten times, it's like, yo, yeah, you're going to remember the slashes. Yeah, at some oh, point, think, the score is going to get think, out of hand, and it's like, now I'm going to exact my revenge. Yeah, I think Quad City and Peoria played 16 or 17 times this year in a 56-game schedule. Yeah, so you're killing a guy by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, and there it's, it's an hour and a half between the two buildings. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, you're not even on the bus for that long, so... No, now you can really get amped up for it. And there's a guy on Peoria. He was their captain for a long time. His name, his name was Alec Hageman. Yep. And I'm sure there's a lot of Quad City fans and a lot of fans around the league that are gonna gonna not like me saying it, but he was like he was the perfect minor league hockey player. He was a guy who would get you know 150 penalty minutes a year. Well, this year he had 202 penalty minutes and 61 points in 53 games. Yep. And and he was their captain, and every time every time he touched the ice in Quad City, people would chant turtle at him. Because the first ever Quad City hockey game uh, in the SPHL, he went knee-on-knee with, I apologize, I don't remember the player, um, but the storm enforcer at the time was, oh, what the hell? Is, I don't remember his name. I just went blank on his name. He wore number 44. I can't remember his name. Anyway, he he went after Hageman and Hageman turtled. So for three seasons, four seasons, every time he touched the ice, the fans would chant "turtle" at it. And that's the kind of stuff that sells tickets in the minor league in the minor leagues. He is like I know to put it in terms that a lot of your listeners will appreciate. Like he was as close as you're going to get to a, like a modern day Jim Duhart or a modern day Kevin Kerr. Here you go. That's some high because, pra- that's he'll, some he'll, high praise right there. Well, you know, he'll he'll drop the gloves five, six, seven times a year. He was he was a good fighter. And you know, he was pumping up the glove pumping up the crowd after every fight. You know, he'd score a goal on the road and do like the, the Superman shirt rip in front of the in front of the visiting fans just to piss them off. And I think if you know if more levels of hockey had that kind of a character you'd have a whole lot more engagement. Yep. And it's sad because he actually retired. Uh, the Peoria Riverman lost in the semifinals to Roanoke at home. Uh, Peoria was at home. And Hageman skated around after the game uh, when they lost and laid his jersey at center ice. And it's a shame that hockey is losing you know, a character like that or a character like Taylor Price who played for Quad City. Because there's just there's nobody – there's nobody coming out of the OHL that's going to replace that. No, no. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And that's the thing, right? It takes, uh, you know, and and it's tough too, because at the same time, it's like, you know, you're going to get like, how are you going to, it's, it's pretty tough finding guys, um, you know, well, for the sake of this exercise that we're doing to, to fight or whatever. Um, well, I don't mean it in this way, but it's going to sound whatever, but it's like, it's one thing to fight in the American League. It's another thing to fight in the Southern Pro League. Right. I mean, you're not you're not fighting one of the Gallant brothers down here. No. But or, there's also, there's a, what do you call it? Uh, there's a business decision to be made. Absolutely. And, you know, I, got, I have no problems with some business decision being made, especially down at this level. Yeah. Because, let, let me, let's be honest, the guys down here aren't making – there's nobody is is financing their 
their retirement by playing in the Southern Professional League. No. So they're going out there, you know, they're going balls to the wall for their game check. And if they're not going to drop the gloves, I have no problems with that. But then you get a guy well, like Matthew Hobbs. He, you know, he's an undersized guy. I don't remember what, are the, what was the term I used. I wasn't talking about him. I was talking about somebody else before we started record. Oh, he was uh, a Dollarama Garrett Hunt. Yeah. And you get you get so many of those guys down here who just you know give a hundred percent every shift, throw the bodies. They don't care who they're hitting. It's you know it's awesome to see, and it's it's not the kind of effort you see out of a guy who's making five million dollars a year. No, and I mean, there, and there's some guy, and like that's the thing with the Southern Pro League. I mean, people, you know, I always laugh when you read online, and it's you know, and it's just like, oh, well, he just plays in the Southern Pro League. Well, he plays in the low minors. Well, like they're talking about like some guy that just got off the forklift at the Costco is now playing center for my local team tonight. Like, no, this isn't beer league. Like these guys played major junior, junior A, or they played division three college and stuff. And now they're playing pro. It's not like these guys are good. Like, yeah, it, let's it's, stop uh, yeah. with that shit right now. Like, yeah, it, you hear that all oh, my my beer league team would, would walk around. Yeah. Vermilion County. No, I don't care if it's Vermilion County who won nine games in a season and a half. Like these guys, they're, they're professional hockey players. Yes. They would wipe the ice clean. Yeah, with your beer league team. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't care that Johnny's leading your team in scoring at, at the at the nine o'clock game on Tuesday. Like, no, he's not playing in the Southern Pro League. So. Stop with your stupid talk. You know, it's like, no, these guys are all elite level players. So it's like, yeah, so when they're playing, it's like anything, right? Obviously, they're competing. You want to win. I mean, regardless if you're getting 300 or 500 for the week. I mean, you know, you're, so, and, and it's competitive. And I don't care who it is. Guys don't like getting hit or whacked or cheap shots. So you're obviously going to always have some fights. Um, yeah, and, and nobody likes to lose. No, exactly. No, exactly. And that's the one thing any elite level athlete, if you've been around any of them, it's like, yeah, they're a whole. They're, I mean, they'll they're ready to fist fight over checkers. You know, it's right. like there's a different mindset in any athlete. Yeah, there's a difference, and all these so, guys uh, have it. Yeah, a good example of that is a guy named Davis Kirkendall. Uh, he played in Vermilion County. And when they folded, he ended up here in Quad City. And I was talking to somebody from the Storm front office, and they said, you know, he's like a kid to candy store in California who was a, a Chicago Blackhawks draft pick, spent a lot of time in the AHL, had to retire because of shoulder issues, and ended up living in Quad City for whatever reason. Um, and he's, you know, he plays for the Storm. And still gets still gets up for every game, even though he played however many games in the AHL. He's playing in the SPHL and still loves to go out there and play the game. Yep. Oh, like you said, right? These guys are elite players. They're play well. Like you said, the rivalries. You're playing guys double digit times a year, like ten, twelve, thirteen times a year. Um, yeah. Well, I don't care if you're playing co-ed slow pitch. If you play some team 13 times in a year, you're going to start hating the first baseman at some point, you know? So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, let alone now we're going to make it elite hockey and we're going to start hitting each other. Yeah, shit's going to go down. 
So, well, I mean, you get a, you get a team like when Pensacola would come to Quad City. You know, they wouldn't come to Quad City for one game. They're playing three games and three nights, or three games and four nights. Yep. So by that second or third game, like you're going to have genuine animosity with those guys. Yep. And then, what's well, funny? I I, had, I emailed you a few of the fights I wanted to mention. Yeah. One of them was actually between Quad City and. Pensacola, and it, it was actually the aforementioned Davis Kirkendall fought with uh, Nick Leitner, two guys who are not known to fight. But, you know, you get it under each other's skin, you get going, and Kirkendall lands two absolute bombs, buckles Leitner, and it's like Mike Farhog in the LNAH preseason. Leitner goes down, leg underneath of him, you know, gets his knee all torn up, camera comes back to him, he's got two or three cuts on his face. It was a hell of a scrap from two guys who, in the low minors, don't need to fight. Yeah, But because they love the game, they're going at it. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Let's face it, with coffee starting at 5 bucks, yes, even without the customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we're officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently, solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is critical for getting the highest quality at the best price. And one dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Everywhere you turn, people have earbuds in. And they're always talking about, oh, I lost this one, I lost that one, you wouldn't believe how much it cost me. Well... Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer a buy-now, pay-later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a couple bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. That's right, guys. Eight hours of playtime on these things. And they actually, with the gel tips, they actually fit into most ears. I know I always have difficulty with that. And they fit into mine perfectly. Um, and the sound, tremendous. So right now, go buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.slash THPN. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and that's, uh, that's the, and that's the one thing I, I will, I, like I said, I'll be completely honest. Um, other than I, I'm not, I don't follow these leagues religiously or anything like that. I know if there was a good fight throughout the year. You'd be like, send me the link, you know, the next morning. Hey, you got to check this shit out, you know. And uh, so I'd see it that way. And I would watch your, obviously, your YouTube channel as well. But it's like, these names don't mean anything to me. Like, it's, no no offense to the guys. It's just I don't really follow hockey that much anymore. So, but there's definitely some entertaining scraps. And like I said, the East Coast League with Alec this year, there was some, definitely some, uh, some solid bouts in there. And, uh... Yeah, and in the Southern Pro League was no different. And I enjoyed the clip that you sent me was old Rex Moe going into the bench. I was down with that. Oh, I love that. How In what other league are you going to see a player physically go into the other team's bench and just start fighting with three or four guys? 
And then when it's all said and done, a few days later, he gets suspended for 10 games, and then the league's like, oh, no, wait, that's that's too much. We're going to knock it down to eight. Yep. Eight games for going into the bench and fighting on the other team's bench. In the NHL, he would have been suspended for 30 games. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. And he's and, and Rex Bow was a rookie. A rookie, I, I you know, I got to look and see where he came out of. I apologize. I did not. It might be one of my open tabs, but I got 15 of them open. Let's see where Rex Bow came out of. He played in uh, a college kid. He played for Adrian College, four years. So college kid, 36 games, 26 points, 94 pim. I mean, how could you not like a kid who is who has the stones to go into the other team's bench and just fight them all? Yep. No, absolutely. No, I was. Uh, no, I, I laughed my ass off when I saw that because it. Uh, yeah, because like you said, that uh, the last time you saw stuff like that was literally you know the old UHL days and shit. Uh, that's it. Doesn't really happen that much anymore. No, I was trying to remember. I was trying to remember the last time I I heard of anything even close to that. And I think it was Chad Wagner for the Trashers going into, was it Potvin that he went after? Yep. Yep. May you rest in peace. Yep. But yeah, it was, I I thought it was Potvin that he went after. And I mean, you're, you're not going to hear about that in the AHL. No, there's no way you're hearing about that in the NHL. Not anymore. No. No, and like you said, then your next video, like uh, you said, it was a rare the rare goalie versus forward fight. Oh, that was a hell of a scrap too. Seven seven to one to five minutes left in the game. Huntsville, excuse me, Huntsville and Knoxville going at it, and the goalie Chris Jones just goes. I apologize. Wait, hold on one second here. Let me actually, yeah. No, the goalie was uh, Christian Stead. I apologize. But he fought with Chris Jones from Huntsville. I mean, it was a hell of a scrap. And there, there's nobody jumping in. The linesmen aren't jumping in. And no. they're just going at it. Yep. And, it, I mean, it was a hell of a scrap. And, you, again, you're not going to see that. I mean, if it's the NHL, the linesmen are in there before they when they look at each other wrong. Oh, yeah, they would never they'd allow that to happen. They'd be breaking that shit up before it even got going. Yeah. And there was there was a couple a couple three decent goalie fights in the in the SP this year. I know Austin Rodebush and, and Trevor Babin had a hell of a fight from Knoxville and Roanoke. Um, what's funny is actually near the end of the Quad City season, the Quad City goalie skated down and challenged one of the goalies. The linesman got in the way, unfortunately. But that was one of the, the few cases of it of them getting in the way, but the, the Rodenbush Babin fight, the it was in the third period, it actually just gone to a stoppage of play. So, you know, the players are milling about their benches, all of a sudden there's an ad on the screen, they cut back and the goalies are going at it at center ice. Yeah. <laughs> How well, you're just talking about like the rest breaking stuff out, we're gonna go away from the goalie fighting here for a second, but just in terms of from, well, like I said, you, you see it because you do the clips all the time for your YouTube thing. How were the refs overall, the linesmen? Are they pretty, are they kind of jumpy getting in or do they kind of let them go more often? It seems like about like like 
three quarters of the time they're you know guys you do what you got to do we'll just stand here till you know it's over occasionally they jump in beforehand or if guys are kind of posturing and yeah. you know all right look, you want to go let's go maybe maybe not they'd get in but for the most part you know there's exceptions to every rule but for the most part there's very little i can complain about for the officiating down here i'm sure fans from every team are going to bitch about it but Oh yeah. There's a reason. There's a reason why players are down in the Southern Professional League, and then there's a reason why officials are too. And if you think you can do a better job than an official, I'm sure there are classes you can take. You can get certified. You can get out there and, and judge a game too. Especially when there's only one official on the ice, there's going to be a lot of shit that gets missed. Yeah, well, and like I said, I mean, I've read the message boards and everything else, and it doesn't matter. Southern Pro League, East Coast, NHL, it doesn't matter. Uh, the local peewee league here, no one likes the refs. And every ref is out to get their team, and they're terrible. It doesn't matter what league you're talking about. Although, there's, I, I will say it is kind of funny here in Quad City, and I don't remember the official's name, probably for the best. But he made a point in the third period, the storm scored a very obvious goal. And there was, there was a photographer that got a picture of it across the line. You know, he, he showed the ref, the picture and the ref, it was the, either the second, the first or second game of a week long series, a weekend long series. And the league, that night saw that and they actually pulled the official from the following game, which he was supposed to officiate and he never officiated in quad cities for the rest of the season. <laughs> Everybody fucks up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everybody has a bad day at work. Yep. Most people don't have two to 5,000 people yelling at them when they fuck up at work. Not usually. No, no. And I mean, um, Oh, that's interesting, though. I did not know that the Southern Pro League was only with one ref. Hmm. I'm pretty sure they're the only... I don't know if the Federal League has one ref or two, but I know ECHL is now... ECHL and AHL now are full-time two refs. Hell, the AHL was full-time two refs back in 0809, I want to say. Well, it's probably where they... Well, I mean, even before the NHL did it, they probably the AHL probably did it first as the guinea pig league. Yep. Yeah. And they actually did the, uh, that was the first year of the three shootout shooters. The last year of AHL hockey here was like the first test year of doing the, like the three shootout shooters to see if it worked. Yeah. I miss, I, I, I miss seeing that, but at the same time, seeing these guys down here who get, you know, you know, genuine affinity for their team, for their teammates, for the city. And as many of these guys are playing for the, the, the crest as they are for their own selves. And you can't say that for, especially like the AHL and the NHL, a lot of those guys are playing for themselves. But when well, you're, you're making 300 bucks a week, you're, yeah. you're playing for your teammates because you love the game. Yep. Well, yeah, and in the American League, it, I mean, and it's hard to fault the guys, right? Because it is like, look at me because you're trying to get to the NHL. Right? Oh, Absolutely. I you can't know, fault him for that at all. No, so there is a certain level of selfishness that comes into it, right? You know, I mean, maybe when you're the veteran guy and you got a, you know, you got the AHL, you know, you're not getting the call or whatever. 
But for a young guy still chasing it, yeah, it's all about me myself. Oh, you got to you got to sell your brand nowadays, and I can't fault the guy for doing that either. Exactly, exactly. But I think it makes for a more entertaining product on the ice when you know instead of five or six guys, you know, knit for the team, you get fifteen guys that are doing it. Yep. No, I agree for sure. Um, well, one thing we'll get we'll get away from the fighting here for a second. I I always have to ask because I know you love it and so do I. And uh, you know we talked about it on the season ticket series and everything else. Um, in terms of minor league hockey, there is no getting away from uh, the carny aspect. And we have ugly Christmas sweater night. We have Star Wars night. We have all these different nights. What uh, was there any some memorable Quad City ones this year? Oh, I, I, I tell you what, the the one that comes to mind first is the one that so many people hated, and I loved it. So the league had a deal with I don't know if you get it in Canada, but the channel Nickelodeon down here in the states. Yep. So the team had you know X amount of jerseys like templates to pick from. And the storm went with Baby Shark Night. <laughs> and there were so many people bitching and moaning about, you know, the cartoon Baby Shark jerseys, and they played the song ad nauseum during the game, and I loved it. I loved the – I mean, I've been on a show enough where you know that I love that Carney shit. Oh, me too. Absolutely. It was, it was tremendous. Uh, but my personal favorite is – kind of something unique the Storm did is they did uh, Dia de los Muertos, a Day of the Dead jersey. Yeah. With um, kind of in conjunction with a Hispanic open-air market in in Moline where they play on Friday nights. And they were, honestly, they were, my wife, my wife is a big fan of most of the specialty jerseys. I can kind of take them or leave them, but that was the the one where like I I need to have one of those jerseys, and it was probably one of my top five coolest minor league like specialty night jerseys ever. They were tremendous. Yeah, they did look good. I remember you sent me the picture of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always say with the Carney stuff and everything else, um, I hate when the NHL does it. That because that bugs the shit out of me for some reason, but. To me, the lower minor league should be doing it constantly. So uh, I always laugh because I get mad at like the, wow, that mad. I really don't give a shit what the NHL does. But it's like, oh, the third jersey, the stadium jersey, the reverse jersey. It's all this shit, right? Just money grab, money grab. But I mean, I understand. But at the minor league level, it's a complete money grab because they need the money. You know, so. Absolutely. And, and, and they help out so many charities when they do it. Because every time the Storm did a specialty jersey, um, the money would go to a different charity yep. or a different cause. And it was, you know, it, it's awesome to see there was a police officer wounded in the line of duty here in Quad City. And they, I, I didn't care for them, but they had a first responders jersey where the front half was like a police uniform and the back half was like a fireman uniform. And all the proceeds to that went to this police officer who was hurt in the line of duty. So it's it's tremendous to me. You know, there are so many teams who can help out their communities by doing something off the wall like that. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. And I think that's where um, 
yeah, like you said, with the specialty jerseys and everything else, it's like, I can't, I can never, because a lot of people, I mean, that, that listen to this show or follow me online or whatever, I'm the old man yelling at clouds most of the time. And I, like I said, I don't watch hockey anymore and whatever. But when it comes to specialty jersey nights or see the, the, the Carolina Hurricanes and that shit that they do after the game, that drives me nuts. Because that's like, what are you doing? That's surge shit. I hate that shit. But minor league teams doing goofy shit, I love it. Because it's like, that's exactly what they need to do. And like you said, the money goes to a good cause. And I think there's a much more, like you said, community feel to it. Whereas compared to the NHL. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, in a roundabout way, that's what I'm getting at. But it's like, yeah, there's sort of that... Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's just this com- closeness, right, with these teams. So uh, along those lines, actually, one of the fights you know I, I had sent you and I wanted to mention is it was here in Quad City. Um, I brought him up earlier, the uh, Storm Captain Taylor Price. Yeah. You know, he's a guy who would you know he'd he'd fight you know five, six, seven, eight times a year, always getting in somebody's face, but he was not afraid to back it up. Well, Fayetteville, the marksmen were in town, and there was a defenseman, Troy Murray. You know, he is he is your your quintessential minor league greasy defenseman. He's going to clear the front of the net. He's going to lay the body, and he's glassing out. You know, yeah. the, so so they they were they were mouthing off, and Price and Murray went at it, and Troy Murray landed one of the hardest punches I've ever seen hit, and he basically broke Taylor Price's face. As Price was landing a hell of a shot on him, it goes to show you Taylor Price with a broken face still played a handful of games after that before saying, "All right, I need to take time off because you know my face is shattered." So later on in the season, the Storm had actually traded for Troy Murray and brought him into the team, and they had a a deal on the ice after the game where you don't know, go and meet the players, whatever. And it was, it was packed, which I, I think is perfect for minor league hockey. Yeah. Well, I, you know, as, as you know, I take a lot of pictures of the games and especially the fight pictures I like to hang them up in the basement. Well, I had a, a fantastic picture of Troy Murray and Taylor price, both landing in a simultaneous punch. And I went up to Taylor Price. I'm like, I, this this might be difficult to sign, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you know what? He goes, we're, we're brothers now. I got no problem signing it. And that's the kind of thing you're not going to see in you know the NHL. Somebody's not going to sign a picture of them themselves landing a punch but getting knocked out at the same time. Yeah. That is a hell of a picture, though. That's one of, that's one of my favorites that I've ever taken. I've taken a lot, a lot of pictures. That's one of my favorites I've ever taken. Yeah, the the uh, the pictures are solid, and uh, well, we're doing this ahead of time. But yes, the picture on the show graphic is Jay's picture that I'm using. So I, I'm fortunate enough to sit in a spot where I can get some good pictures. I want you to get up like that bird's eye view picture that I found that was somebody put up. I, there. I want you climbing I, the beams in Quad City. I I am not a tall human being. I am six one, and that is where nature decided that I needed to max out at. I would not like to be above any kind of surface, especially a very unyielding surface like ice. 
but but just for you, I will see what kind of strings I can pull next season. Yeah, you got it. That's a cool picture, though. That one I sent. That, that's that's an awesome picture. Yeah, the bird's eye fight picture. You got to be good. Wow, and that's the thing. You're you're climbing around on beams. The dudes that end up. They got to fight above, right below you too. I mean, you're not running across beams to go down the other end of the rink to get that picture. So the time I'm not running be, anywhere, especially not down beams. No. So like the you talk about perfect uh, timing and and placement for that fight. Yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll make that a stipulation for us renewing our suite for next season is that uh, I need to be up there in a, in a during a game where I know there's going to be a fight off the hop. Yeah. Well, you're already from your seat. You got the you got the really ice level seats. You're right there. I mean, uh, a couple of years back, you had the you had the fourth line voice sign up over the project. I mean, you had to let oh, good old, uh, good old double H Harrison Harper. Yeah, he had to. He got straightened out right quick when he got to Quad City about what podcast. You got to get him back on the podcast. I know. I talked to him. I texted him the other day, and uh, yeah, I'm going to get him on here uh, shortly. Yeah, he. Uh, you, you'd ask him if my buddy actually chirped him in the uh, in the men's in the, in the senior league final about not getting paid from Norfolk. He didn't get paid from them, I don't think. Uh, yeah, no, I'm no, gonna get. No, because that, that was on your show with him. Yeah. So I uh, I texted my buddy. I'm like, in, in warm ups, go ask him if he got his check from uh, from Norfolk yet. That's tremendous. I'm gonna get him on. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, he played some Alberta senior league, and uh, yeah, and for those wondering, Harrison Harper, he played for the uh, Fayetteville Marksman. Uh, it was last year, right? Yep, yeah, last season, and that's actually who Quad City played in the first round. So to let everybody else know, uh, he Harrison Harper has a uh, uh, podcast called The Podject, which I, I don't know why. I'll, I'll be completely honest. I don't know why, but I find it hilarious. Me too. Yeah. Like I, I, I can't, I can't nail down why I think it's funny, but it's fantastic. He's a so he's an unin- I think I think he's an unintentionally funny person sometimes. I think you're right. That, yeah. That's a dude who I would love to have a few beers with. Yes, very much so. Yep. So during warm-ups when Quad City was playing Fayetteville, I uh, I don't even know where I dug it up, but I find a piece of paper and a Sharpie, and I did the old uh, fourth-line voice is greater than the project sign. It said, P.S. Darren says hi. And the look on his face was, it was hilarious. Yeah. Big yeah. old grin spread across his face. Yeah, which you ended up getting pictures of. Yes, I did. Yep. Yeah, he uh, he texted me after that game, laughing his ass off. He thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I still wish I had gotten a picture, like got like a selfie of me and him with the sign up there. I didn't even think about it at the time. Yeah, that's too bad you didn't do that. That would have been funny. So, well, uh, yeah, well, so speaking of, so folks, if you're, uh, yeah, for those people tuning in, maybe for the first time, for the Southern Pro fans out there, if you'd like to go back in the back catalog. Um, off the top of my head, I don't know what episode it is, but if you scroll down, it'll say it in the title. But I did have Harrison Harper on, and of course, we obviously talk about the Southern Pro League and his call up to the East Coast League. That was his ill-fated call up in the East Coast League. But uh, there is some Southern Pro talk on there from a guy that did it in Fayetteville last year. So it uh, it was a good, and he's a good interview. He speaks well. So it, uh, yeah. But I'm definitely going to have him. Yeah, back it, it's on. a great one. It, a rare look into the Southern Professional League from a guy who was there. 
oh yeah, we talk about the bus trips and some money and some whole bunch of shenanigans. So yeah, it's good. Now, like I said, I'm trying to swipe some gear from Norfolk and got shut down. Yeah, they didn't even <laughs> let him keep his Under Armour. East Coast Hockey League <laughs> team want the Under Armour back. That is brutal. Yeah, no, it was uh, it wasn't Under Armour. It was uh, oh Paris's Paris's brand. Um, the Violent Gentleman. Yes, it was Violent Gentleman brand. And he, <laughs> he was near the door that got shut down. Yeah. Like, that's hard times. I mean, you're an East Coast, you're a friggin' NHL affiliate and you need the underwear back? Come on. <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah, give me your $25 t-shirt back before you leave the building. That's what I told him. I said, you should have just acted like you didn't hear him. You had headphones on and just kept on going. Yeah. Because <laughs> you clearly weren't coming back. So, yeah. <laughs> oh. Life yeah, in the it'd, be, it'd be good to hear him, like, give, like, a, a recap of his entire season when he was there and let him air out some dirty laundry, too, because you know there's always dirty laundry in, in, in low minors. Oh, I think he had a few stories he he held back, because at the time, I don't know if he thought he was going to play again, but now that he's not playing, it's, uh, yeah, he might, uh, I, I, I'll get a few stories out of him, I think, this next time around. But, and um, you gotta you gotta give him a little bit of shit about the uh, the old Red Deer rustlers losing to the Lancome Generals in the finals. You have to. Just oh, absolutely. Yeah, I already gave him one. He threw. Uh, I don't know how many games he played, but I think it was like six or seven games. It was like goose eggs. I'm like, holy dude, zero points. <laughs> That's a rough stat line. Yeah. I mean, when you're uh, when you're on a line, because I know he played with Pete Vandermeer at least a couple times. Yep. When you're in line with the old Pistol Pete, you don't have to do a whole lot. No. No, they had, uh, yeah, no, he actually was saying how the Alberta Senior League, how competitive it was. Because, again, he's, like, one year out of playing pro hockey, and he was like, yeah, there were, like, it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Like, he was like, it's, yeah, there's really solid players, and they take it serious, and, yeah, he was he was very impressed with how good it was. Yeah, my buddy said the same thing. You know, living down here, I have very extremely limited exposure to senior league hockey up there. But even at that level, yeah, he said it was you know it was legit. Like yep. game in, game out, it was a battle. Yep. Yeah, no, the guys are hitting and there's fighting and not as much fighting as there used to be. But yeah, they're they take it serious and it's town versus town and yeah that. Uh, yeah, senior hockey is actually alive and well in in uh, Western Canada for sure. Because I know in Saskatchewan there was some real battles this year in a bunch of the senior leagues. So uh, yeah, it uh, it's interesting that's for sure. But uh, getting back here, we're kind of all over the place here with our Southern Pro League. Uh, we well, we kind of uh, broke down kind of the top what you know top uh, five guys or what have you. Um, yeah, is it, what. Um, all right, we're back here. Sorry, folks. Little little side sidebar, little break. Um, no, I was going to ask you, like, just in terms of the overall, you know, um, if if the kind of who are the tougher team? What was the toughest team? We'll put it that way. Who's the toughest team? Who was the toughest team in the Southern Pro League? I'd say probably Knoxville because they had Ryan Devine all year, and then Sasha Roy, Sasha Wass sat shotgun for him for a while. And then they got rid of him, pulled up Justin Portillo. Uh, I'd say probably Knoxville was the toughest team from top to bottom. Yeah, well, and we'd um, 
And I know we had talked, obviously, uh, with the different fight clips and stuff like that. And, I mean, like you said, you threw out Wad, uh, Portillo, and, and Divine, and, you know, and, and those type, and Spencer Kennedy, and guys like that. Um, just as far as the just toughness kind of maybe that maybe flew under the radar. Maybe they didn't have a lot of fights, but when they did, it was like, you know, they were they were dropping bombs. You got any names? I see, that's why I really like the Southern League. Because there's a lot of guys who, yeah, they might not fight, you know, 15, 20 times a year, but they're always willing to go. And when they go, it's not just, you know, jersey jabs and, and hanging on. They just, they just fucking go. And it seems like every team had a lot of guys. And I'm sure going to miss some names, but just, just off the top of my head, there was, there was Preston Kugler. I know he started the year in Pensacola and got traded. Um, I mentioned Troy Murray earlier and you know, a lot of these guys, they're, they're solid guys. They're playing, you know, they're playing decent minutes, but they got that, that X factor, that grit to them that you don't see top to bottom in many leagues anymore. And every team had those guys in the Southern league. Um, Peoria had a guy named Mitchell McPherson, you know, extremely talented guy, but, like he he would drop the gloves and he would just swing for the fences. But uh, Quad City had Quad City had a couple of them. Uh, the one that comes to mind is Mike Moran, who was, in my opinion, one of the top talents in the league. But every shift he was willing to throw the body, and if someone took exception to it, his gloves his gloves would come off right away. He would he would fight no trouble fighting a guy like Justin Portillo, who is one of the tougher guys in the league. Um, Tyler Matthews is a, a guy kind of lower on the, uh, lower the roster on uh, Knoxville. He would go, um, Marson Kavix. I know the Roanoke fans were really popular or really fond of him. Uh, again, like Casey Kolzicki, he started the year in Peoria, ended up in Huntsville. Uh, honestly, I could name two or three guys from every team. And I'm, I apologize for leaving some of these guys out. It's not intentional. But it's that's why it makes it such a fun league to watch. Yeah. Well, and and like you said, it's uh, kind of up and down the roster. I mean, you know, it, it's always nice when you have a like a divine or a heavyweight guy like that for sure. But again, at the same time, you got four or five guys that are willing to, uh, you know, if need be, that always makes it a, you know, a little uh, pretty exciting. And uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd be remiss if a guy who I, I I like to watch. I'd watch the highlights just to see, just to see him play as a guy like uh, David Nippard. He played in Birmingham last year in Bacon this year, and, and he's not a young guy. He's not a spring chicken. He's in his mid thirties, but he would go out there, and again, he was like like a a, a dollarama Garrett Hunt, where he's hitting everybody. He's dropping the gloves. He's running his mouth. But he still put in 35 points in 55 games. Yeah. And the league is just full of these these guys. And I, I implore your listeners, if you're anywhere near a Southern League team, just give it a shot. You're going to be entertained. You're going to get in for 10, 15 bucks. You're going to get a hot dog for four bucks. Just just go and watch it and give it a chance. It's it's extremely entertaining hockey. Yep. Well, there you go, folks. Um, one of the unique things, and it's never good when a team folds, because I mean, 
I mean, uh, you know, cause obviously you have arena staff and guys out of jobs and players out of jobs and that sort of thing. And it, and it, and it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't look good for on the league as a whole, in my opinion. Um, but, um, it was kind of a unique situation this year. Um, we kind of talked, touched on it at the start was, uh, Vermilion County, uh, folding at the 30 game mark. Um, but Quad City happened to be in Vermilion when this all went down. What all, uh, what happened there? So actually, so even, even going back to the start of Vermilion County at the start of last season, we went down there and I'm sure all of your listeners are going to recognize the name Robbie Nichols. And I know I texted you while we were down there and I said, you know, I think Robbie Nichols is here in Danville in Vermilion County. And he said going into their, their inaugural season, two weeks out, they had no corporate sponsorship. They, they had no idea what they were doing, even, even two, three weeks out of the season. So they brought Robbie in, you know, kind of tried to get things a little squared away. But that gives you an idea of how the team was run. So in that final game, it was a Sunday. And I know some Quad City fans went down there. The storm went out to the ice. They took warm-ups. The Vermilion County team was not. They didn't take warm-ups. There was nobody there, nobody on the bench. The storm skated out for the game. They stood for the national anthem. I think they waited for five or ten minutes. And then they were given an uncredited goal, so they won the game one nothing due to forfeit. And it was the, the final game for Vermilion County. But it was a like skate with the team or visit with the team on the ice after the game event in Vermilion County. But the Bobcats, none of the players showed up. You no, know, none of the staff showed up. So the Storm players were decent enough to hang around for an hour or two after the game, and they skated with the Vermilion County fans and took pictures with them. And the Bobcats fans appreciated it so much that quite a few of them actually came up to Quad City for a weekend set just just to show their appreciation for it. Only in the minors. Yeah, you're not you're not seeing that in Syracuse and uh Syracuse and Albany. No. No. Um has there been any talk um you know about expansion that you know of? Um from from what I've heard, there's a couple cities that the league would really like to go into. Uh, f- from my perspective, I think it'd be great to kind of pull in a couple more Midwest cities just so teams like Peoria, Quad City, and Evansville aren't on so much of an island. I, I guess time will tell, but I think it'd be great if they could pull in. I know Indy doesn't always bring in a lot of crowds in the Coast League. You know, bringing a team like Indy, it's a natural rival with Evansville. I know Kalamazoo is getting a new arena, so I doubt they're likely to join. But a city like Madison, Wisconsin, a couple, three hours from Quad City, they're still a reasonable road trip for a lot of teams. I think there's a lot of cities that have maybe like a junior team, a USHL team, or a Tier 2 or two Tier 3 junior team that would be a good fit for the league. But it's also hard to argue against the federal league when you get a team like 
Columbus, who packs their building for the Federal League team, and their costs of running it are probably half of what a Southern League team would be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And, it, and it's just, there's so much, you know, uh, there's such a battle for the entertainment dollar now. And it's like, I mean, if you're owning a minor league team, I mean, you're not doing it for the money. No. Well, how I actually asked uh, somebody in the front office when Pensacola was up here, who your average fan isn't going to, you know, go online and look and see who their tough guys are, who their better players are. The average fan just wants to go and watch hockey. How are you going to sell Pensacola to your Quad City fan when they're here three games and three nights? And realistically, it's three games in 48 hours, less than 48 hours, because, you know, there's Friday night at 7, Saturday at 7, Sunday at, I don't know, what 3 o'clock, we'll say. By that Sunday game, the building's going to be, I mean, your season ticket holders are going to be there, but your average fan, your walk-up fan, isn't going to be there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I have so much respect for, Everybody in the front offices of these teams that work, you know, they grind to get every single possible fan they get. And a lot of times they don't get respect for it. They don't get acknowledged. So it's, you know, I, I respect the hell out of everybody who's out there, you know, selling Bob's lawn service or, you know, Big Al's burgers, put their logo on the ice just to get fans in the stands and look to pay their players. Yep. Yeah, and that's it. Well, then just to go back to the players, I mean, Matt's, I imagine three games in three nights, like, you know, like you said, in 48 hours. And I mean, you know, that's, uh, and then you got to get on a bus. It, that's some grinding, man. And yeah, you know, that's a yeah, imagine, game. imagine playing a game and in, in say, in, in say Quad City, three games in 48 hours. And you know, you got like a seven hour bus ride on the way back on Sunday afternoon or, or a ten or twelve hour bus ride on the way back Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Well, now I mean, now, even even waking up in the morning, you're gonna be like, God damn, how? Why am I doing this for four hundred bucks a week? Oh yeah, and that's why I always like, even to go back. I I mean, for all the guys, I mean, you're all out there getting hit and blocking shots and doing whatever. I mean, it's all it's not good. <laughs> Three nights, but that's what I always said with the tough guys, especially the minor league guy. Well, any tough guy in any of the leagues, but. With a minor league man, like maybe not so much anymore as the hockey has changed a little bit, but but just back in those old UHL days when those guys had to do that. Grind, oh my god! And you had imagine that. Thunder Bay coming, say Thunder Bay coming to Quad City. I mean Thunder Bay, Ontario. I don't know if many people know it is not it is not a easily accessible city. No. So you you got a guy like Kevin Holiday coming down here and fighting. Say five times in a three-game weekend. Yeah, knowing he's got to sit on that bus with busted-up knuckles, a busted-up face, for you know eighteen hours. I mean, that's that's why any of these guys. I apologize if I left anybody out. It wasn't intentional, but anybody who plays at this level just deserves so much respect. Yeah, I don't care if you're you know if you're a fighter if you're a third-line grinder, if you're you know, the top scorer, if you're a seventh D-man, backup goalie, I don't care who it is. You're, you're out there putting your body on the line, and 
you're not going to win a Stanley Cup. You're doing it because you love the game, and it's, you deserve all the respect in the world, man. No, absolutely, and uh, you know, and you know, I think we could probably kind of wrap it up on that note. But it, it, it's you know, and Alec and I talked about it in the East Coast League one, and and you you talked about it at the top of the show with just that you're a, I, I've always you're a minor league guy, and I've always that's yeah, so am I, and it's like. Uh, it's just the grind that these guys go through, and uh, and like you said, it's all from team officials to coaches to refs to, I mean, you're in the minor leagues, and it's uh, and it's a battle. You're not flying first class, and no one's handling your luggage for you, and room service, and I mean, uh, you know, not to say the guys in the NHL haven't earned that, and they battled, and you know, all the training and everything too, but there's something to be said about getting on a bus and hand in the ice bucket from Thunder Bay to Quad City. That's, uh, you know, with Kerry Toporowski waiting for you. And then you go Yeah, back. that's no, yeah, you, yeah, you know Kerry Toporowski sitting there waiting to stick a, a stick in your mouth when you ask him how he's doing. Exactly. You know, and then you're, you're on to the next night and it's, oh, you got Marty Malmachuk waiting for you or Mike Varhog. It's like, yeah, this ain't getting easier. And, uh, you know, that's, yeah. So my respect for the minor league guys has always been, uh, through the roof and it's like that's what the whole thing with the minor league mayhem tournament and all that stuff and all the guys so and like i said uh you know i'm i'm i don't watch hockey anymore i don't whatever but i said it when i talked to alec with these coast league stuff and i said it with you here uh watching the southern pro like watching the clips that you send me and going on your channel and looking yeah, I mean, even my jaded old ass. I mean, I got my hat goes off to uh, th- these kids that uh, other kids to me. That's for sure. Uh, just still throwing down and, and and swinging. I dig it, man. I dig it. Yeah, it's it's they deserve. I don't care if you like fighting hockey. If you don't like fighting hockey, if you don't appreciate the physical side of the game, you, you need to respect these guys. Um, I'll end with one with one quick little story. A buddy of mine was playing for the Storm. Uh, he he fought a guy. He's he's a, he's not a scrapper, but he'll fight two or three times a year. Um, he fought a guy and cut up his knuckles on the other guy's teeth. So I was talking to him after the game after a jersey auction. I said, you know, there was a guy named Joey Koser who almost lost his arm because he got a staph infection because he got into a fight. And there's a big difference. I mean, there's a chance for that literally every time these guys drop the gloves. Yep. And it's a lot of things, a lot of little things like that, that people don't necessarily think about. I mean, you take a puck to the face, take a skate across. There was a uh, Central League Mallards and I want to say Fort Worth Brahma's game where a Brahmas player took a, straight, took a skate across the thigh and it cut his artery. Yep. So so just just keep that in mind next time you say somebody sucks. Even the seventh defenseman on an FBHL team, he's going out there because he loves the game, putting his body on the line. He deserves your respect. Exactly. And there you have it, folks. That is the Southern Pro League uh, for, uh, for 22-23 season. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on here. And uh, this certainly won't be the last time uh, you're on the show. Um, but uh, yeah, I want to, you know, and thank you for for taking the time to 
upload these Southern Pro League fights because if you didn't do it, no one else is going to do it. And that's the other thing I always say with these people when you log on to YouTube and stuff. And I don't know, I'm sure you've caught shit from these people that watch this shit for free but somehow yet still think you owe them something. I know Alec has gotten grief because they sent me screenshots of the comments um, at these people that I... You know, they want everything for free. So, um, have, how, how has been the, uh, the, uh, reaction to your channel? Honestly, it's, it's mostly, it's mostly awesome. Um, I'll get, I still get one or two emails a week. People saying, you know, I, I really appreciate you doing this, but then you get the guy who's like, well, why don't you have this fight up on a Tuesday? You know, well, Guess what, man? You know, I, I work a full-time job. I work my ass off. And because, you know, player X and player Y dropped the gloves and fell down, doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to put it up, you know, three hours after it happened. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's something I like to do. I apologize to the people who, you know, subscribe to me. I don't, I don't get them up right away. Um, again, you know, I work my ass off. Eric or Alec works his ass off. Darren works his ass off. You know, we have we have lives, we have families that we got to spend time with too. This is all a labor of love that we do. So just just give everybody a little bit of a break. Exactly. Damn it. But, but for <laughs> so like I, I said, I will. Well, oh. let me sneak in here at the end here though, Darren. Um, you know, I appreciate everything you've done. Three hundred episodes is that that's a hell of a hell of a run, man. And I know you had well over 40 from even before you were on the network. And I know there are a bunch of people out there who appreciate what you do. And you letting me be on your 300 episode, it's, it's, it's a pretty big deal, man. So thank you for everything you do. Thank you to all your guests who have taken the time to be on here. And I, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. And, uh, Yes, episode 300. I tell you, after this episode, we might not see 301. I'll tell you that, but <laughs> we got to 300 nonetheless. But, uh, no, it's been good. Like I said, you, you and Alec and, and Joe and, uh, Dr. Chris and Searson and, well, I'm not including Searson. We won't go over the pond. I don't want to talk about those UK people, but, uh, but no, I'm kidding. But, uh, no, you guys have always been really supportive of uh, my endeavor here in my channel. You've always helped me out when I needed a guest real quick. And um, I've uh, kept you guys up. I know with the time difference and everything else, uh, very late some nights uh, recording. And uh, so and it's made my life easier. And, uh, and I know people enjoy having when you guys are on. So, no, thank you and thank everybody that uh, that tunes in all the time and uh, sends me uh, comments and shit. I really appreciate it. And, uh, no, this has been a labor of love and, uh, no, getting to know you and Alec and, and, uh, not just as people, but like, uh, in terms of the podcasting and, uh, you know, talking about the Southern pro league and the East coast league, it's, you know, obviously opened my eyes up to things too, that I wouldn't have known otherwise. So no, and, uh, I appreciate it. So D skunk on YouTube folks, check them out, check Jay's channel out and, uh, for all your clips, and then on Facebook, I mean, you're always putting up pictures and stuff, and uh, I'll put all the links in the in the uh, in the episode uh, description. So, but anyway, folks, let's get out of here. Jay, thank you very much from the Quad Cities, and uh, there you go, folks. That's the Southern Pro Hockey League review. Thanks for tuning in.
And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 